Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. It is October 7th, and this is episode 101. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to check in. It, I think um, these pods are going to come pretty much like once a week if that and at least I'm trying to commit to at least that just to stay current what happens when I don't um update in a while is I I start psyching myself out and feeling a lot of undue pressure that is applied by no one (laughs) so I'm trying to just have this as a part of a practice that doesn't feel too um obtrusive or doesn't feel like a chore But just, you know, just trusting that I will intuitively feel compelled to say something when I feel compelled to say something. And now is one of those moments. And to get current, the book is doing really beautifully. It has been on the New York Times bestseller list for a month, which is just a really interesting gauge of nothing more than like... um, how just grateful I am and how truly um, appreciative appreciative I am of people who have been reading the book and enjoying it. But it's also just a trip because, um, you know, the book is out. It's, it's, I started this podcast kind of when everything was coalescing and there's been so many highs and lows. And I remember sharing about like crying in a car in LA when I was kind of finished with the version of it that would be it and like sent off to copy edit and feeling so emotional and then feeling as though I'd given it everything and then like you know two weeks later feeling as though I had not done enough and like all this stuff and it's really really interesting to be mindful of all of these different feelings that I sort of wake up to where the outcome and you know the actual final project in the book is it remains like one thing and my emotions around it just sort of like roller coaster and flail and like change and so it's just another reminder that thoughts are not actions and feelings are really mercurial and entirely based on yeah like the whimsies of my mood and the caprices of like my neurochemistry um I had family in town for a week my partner's family were in town and staying with us and it's one of these things that's kind of beautiful that we get along so well and that they can afford to do that and that we can afford to host them but it's, it's tough because it is family and, you know, going from like family being really far away in another country to, you know, on 110% and like in your kitchen and using your bathrooms and like, you know, everyone needing a shower at the same time, it's just pretty intense. And so I'm really grateful for the experience, but I'm also tired and um, a little grateful to have my home back Um, but it was such a trip because you know I was so aware this time of just how much projecting I do on my partner's mother like just at one point 
on like day two, I decided she was my mother and I projected all of these feelings. And I, I, the story I was telling myself was so elaborate about the narrative of like me feeling guilty about not spending enough time with them and doing their, doing activities with them because I'm still on deadline. And really the voice in my head was my own mom's. And that was such a trip because I think by day four, I just sort of realized, I was like, oh, like this woman likes me, but this woman is not my mother. Like she can really take or leave whether or not I do every single thing with them. And then, you know, to watch my addict, um, selfish, self-obsessive, obsessed brain kind of flip and be like why doesn't she care more for me and why isn't she obsessed with me and this that why isn't she my mother and so just like watching my reaction to that was sort of entertaining even though in that moment I was really consumed by like both irritation and um insecurity but yeah I mean that's just like a fun thing about like mindfulness and recovery to see like just how like completely petulant and spoiled I can be and then also feel really opposite things really, really passionately despite how diametrically opposed they are like from one day to another. Um, so I'm grateful that in, in my current, you know, life and way I do things, I no longer have to take any actions around that and do irrational things or like pitch a fit or anything. Um, the other thing too that's been really interesting is that in the last couple of weeks I've been taking a lot of meetings around some interest um, for another project and it's like really really exciting and it's one of those things where there's a part of me that's like really cynical and leery because it involves a lot of outside people and it's like very very exciting and it's a lot larger than anything I'm used to which is so exciting but it's been really really cool to see how I'm receiving the information from all these different options like you know I'm talking to really really different people and each sort of camp is presenting a different kind of opportunity which is exciting and and dazzling and I'm, I'm very wowed by it but I'm also a little bit you know um my scarcity mentality and my general fear of anything is like would be like oh how are these people trying to like get one over on you or like this that and the other and now that I know that I'm pre um just sort of like designed to think that preemptively I can sort of release that I guess and you know this is where like mindfulness and like cognitive behavioral therapy and like 12 step and all that stuff comes in because I no longer get on the phone or have a meeting with someone expecting that they're trying to harm me in some way. And it's so intellectually interesting to think that I would ever be that black and white, but it's certainly how I go into most meetings. It's like with this like pal of like cynicism and trying to figure out what the angle is. And like, you know, it's kind of in keeping with what I shared last time about tour and just me just showing up and not questioning anything was like so breezy and serene and surrendered. And similarly, like in these meetings, I'm just kind of like, oh, you guys all have different things and you have different competencies and you have different offers. And like no one is right. And I don't have to figure out who is like objectively, empirically correct. And I don't have to talk to these people 
who are just as imperfect and in the dark as I am about what's going to happen in the future. And all I have to do is figure out who I want to work with. And all I have to figure out is who I can collaborate with to get the most nuanced and specific story that like, you know, vibrates with the kind of frequency of story that I want to tell. Like, it's amazing not to have to be a clairvoyant. And it's amazing to go into this, you know, not expecting someone else to be clairvoyant. Like, it's so amazing. Like, I've Anytime I've had to do a meeting before with like higher stakes or stakes that I don't know about, like I start auditioning and I start like angling and like really like pre-visualizing and like crunching numbers and doing a bunch of math around like possible outcomes and like superior outcomes and which ones when I cross-reference this and the other and this other tidbit of news that I heard about this guy and their, their company and what this means for futures. I don't have to know about any of that. And it's so funny, like, I, now that I know what my brain does, and now that I know that, like, on my darker days, I genuinely feel like I can, like, read minds or something, now that I know that I'm just kind of, like, you know, just like a a regular-ass mortal human who doesn't know what things are going to turn out to be like... I can just pick the one that I think is going to be like the waviest and chillest to work with on a daily basis. And I don't have to know anything else about them. And I could be wrong and that's totally okay because that's what this is about. Like I'm going to make mistakes. I've never done this before. And not that I'm like excited to do poorly and like I'm excited to be foil and foiled or like trounced or whatever, but like... Knowing that that can happen and knowing that I can't forestall it by like thinking it to death or like, you know, making myself crazy and making other people crazy with questions that they can't actually answer. The fact that I can trust the universe and just be like, whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Like, that's the only way I could get through these meetings and some of these stakes and like actually sleep at night. And I really think that this is how you level up. Like you level up and you do scarier things and bigger things and more expensive things and like wild things this way. You kind of like, yeah, like I'm learning how to be more um, surrendered and kind of stupid in moments like these and really admitting to that and really finding joy and curiosity and uncovering some of these answers that I don't have and so that's where I'm at and yeah I just think that there's so much relief and like it's like the only way I know how to do and be gentle when things get scary and so much bigger than me is to worry, is to just know that, like, I don't have this. Like, I don't got it. And I just have to be easy and be gentle and be quiet and do the work that I do know how to do and not worry about it. Um, so I'm excited. And I'm also so excited to talk to people without really believing that they're out to hurt me or, or like, try to short shrift me in some way because it's a really superior way to, like, look at people and move through this life and so on that it is 
it's late at night on a Monday and it's dreary in New York, but I hope you had a gentle day and I hope you have a gentle day tomorrow too.